You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Joshua chapter 4, open your Bibles there tonight. Throughout the week, I'll find myself singing songs that had been sung Oh, and a special or something. I only know one line, but uh, I'll sing that one line. I want to be that man all week long, (laughs) 20 times, (laughs) maybe more than that. I should get the words to those songs and and try to sing the words, I guess. Joshua chapter 4, is everybody there? Um, We've been praying uh, in the men's prayer meeting. I know for uh, Brother Ruckman has... A revival. Did that revival start this morning? So it was this morning and tonight, and then all week long through Friday night in uh, Illinois. And there's three or four churches that are involved in that, trying to come together and looking for a, a big crowd there. And we need to keep praying for that revival service uh, that's going on in conjunction with what we're doing here tonight. I believe if the time frames coincide, I'm not sure. But, <clears throat> but then all week long, they'll be having that revival. Please remember to pray for them that God would uh, be able to give some good results in the hearts of men. In Joshua chapter 4, you look back into chapter 3 and you notice I've got a heading, a subheading for that chapter, uh, the miraculous crossing of the Jordan, how God backed the waters up and it took nothing short of the hand of God and the power of God to do what man could not do, to be able to move his people to the place he wanted them to be. And if I can Just say that to us again tonight, heading into tonight's message. In your journey to serve God, and as you're trying to get where God, you know God wants you to be, and you come upon some obstacles that are totally impossible, and in their case, impassable. The Jordan River had overflowed. It was a huge river at that time, and to imagine crossing that river with your thousands of children that would be coming across with you and cattle and so forth honestly would have been a tremendous impossibility but God put his hand into their circumstance and held the waters back back those waters up tremendously and let God's children go across on knee-deep mud right no it was dry ground they went across on dry ground. They didn't just hold the waters back. Then God dried the, the, the earth up just like he did at the Red Sea. And so it was uh, it's quite the miracle that God had performed here. Uh, tonight I want to preach out of chapter 4. and My title will be uh, simply entitled Memorials. And you'll see why as we get into verse 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe, a man. And command ye them, saying, What are these twelve guys supposed to do? Take you hence, out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and you shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where you shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God 
into the midst of Jordan. And take you up, every man of you, a stone upon his shoulder. That gives me an idea that it was a larger stone. According unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. So 12 large stones out of the place where the water was running. That this may be a sign among you. That when your children, guys don't miss this. When your children ask their fathers in time to come saying... What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan as the Lord spake unto Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan, in the place where uh, the feet of the priests which bear the Ark of the Covenant stood. Now that's a second set of stones, guys. So Joshua had another set of twelve stones set up where those priests had stood, which bear the Ark of the Covenant and they are there unto this day. Now, verse 10. For the priests which bear the ark stood in the midst of Jordan, where the river was, until everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak unto the people according to all that Moses commanded Joshua. And the people hasted and passed over. And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over that the ark of the Lord passed over and the priests in the presence of the people. And the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh. You remember who those two and a half tribes were, guys? Anytime God picks out two and a half tribes, it's usually these guys right here. And these were the ones that wanted to be able to stay on the other side of Jordan and feed their cattle on the east side of the Jordan River. But he said, yeah, but you got to come across and fight with us. So the children of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, verse 12 there, passed over armed before the children of Israel as Moses spake unto them. About 40,000 prepared for war passed over before the Lord unto battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel and they feared him as they feared Moses all the days of his life. And the Lord spake unto Joshua saying, Command the priests that bear the ark of the testimony that they come up out of Jordan. Joshua therefore commanded the priest, saying, Come ye up out of Jordan. Um, and it came to pass when the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord were come up out of the midst of Jordan, and the soles of the priest's feet were lifted up unto the dry land, that the waters of Jordan returned unto their place and flowed over all his banks as they did before. And the people came up out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and encamped in Gilgal, in the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal, where they slept that night. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers, notice he didn't say if, he said when. When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? 
Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until ye were passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over. That all, now notice this one, if you want to highlight a verse, this is a great one. That all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty that ye might fear the Lord your God forever. Let's pray there, if you would. Thank you, Lord, again for letting us be in the Word of God tonight. My prayer and desire is, Lord, would you take your own Word and press it into the heart of our people. May the principles that stand out for us here tonight truly become a part of our own hearts and our own families, uh, men trying to raise families for the Lord, mothers trying to take a stand for the things of God, individuals who just want to serve God tonight in a proper way. May the Lord use this to speak to our hearts and solidify some principles within us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I remember about nine years ago, I preached from the same passage and preached it in a little different way than I will preach it tonight, but I gave the same illustration that I want to use here tonight. <clears throat> if you listen to this reading, we come here to remember those who were killed, those who survived and those changed forever. May all who leave here know the impact of violence. May this memorial offer comfort, strength, peace, hope, and serenity. This is the inscription on the outside of each gate as you would enter the Oklahoma City National Memorial. Now to all the adults here, most of the adults here tonight are going, oh yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. But do you know and understand that most of your children here tonight don't have a clue what I'm talking about? I don't have any idea what it was like that day to turn the news on and see uh, that sad news of what had happened that uh, was at the federal building, I believe it was, there in Oklahoma City that had been bombed and all the children that had been killed in a little daycare center there on the front side of it. Uh, they don't have a clue about that. Unless you took them down to Oklahoma City and let them walk around the memorial and let them read what I just read here tonight, and they would look up at you, Mom and Dad, and say, when did this happen? Well, what was that all about? And when did all these little children, I see their pictures here, uh, mom and daddy, when did they die? And why are these statues here? And why are these things stood up here? And you would stand there and tell them, this is a memorial so that America does not forget these people who died and how they died and what happened to them. I'm going to finish this, but I want to say this to dads before I forget. I'll say this to every mom and dad. There will come a day in your child's life when they are going to look up in your eyes and ask you why we do what we do. Why do we go to church? Why do we come to a place that we call the house of God? Why is that book there, mom and daddy, so important to you that you don't want me to sit a glass of water or anything else on that book? Why is that book so important? And why do we, and they'll, there's going to be a lot of questions, mom and dad, and you need to be prepared with an answer to give to them so they can understand the memorials in our life are to remind you that we serve a great God. Our children need to know that. 
On April 19, 1995, American militia movement sympathizer Timothy McVeigh destroyed the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building in downtown Oklahoma City. The blast claimed the lives of 168 innocent Americans. 19 of those were little young children in a daycare, and it injured another 680, many more than that actually. So in 1997, McVeigh, Terry Nichols, and Michael and Lori Fortier were tried and convicted. McVeigh was executed by lethal injection on June 11, 2001. Does anybody remember that? Do you remember the news when he was, uh, had, had that lethal injection? What else do you remember about that? I remember the news saying how he looked in the eyes of those witnesses that were standing there with a defiant look on his face like, I'd do it again if I had the opportunity, right as he was dying. I remember that about that wicked man. <clears throat> and Nichols was sentenced to life in prison. Michael and Lori testified against McVeigh and Nichols. Um, and then Michael was sentenced to 12 years in prison for failing to warn the government Lori received immunity from prosecution in exchange for her testimony. The Oklahoma City bombing memorial stands as a solid reminder of the travesty on that fateful day and also as a tribute to those whose lives were so cruelly taken from this earth. May we never forget. God help us. Some things just need never to be forgotten. They need a memorial to stand that will tell generations to come. The act uh, of courage and bravery that were demonstrated at that time. Now we make our way back down to the Jordan River. We come back into the Word of God here tonight. And at the Jordan River, the mighty hand of God held the flooding waters of the Jordan back for the children until the last of the priests had made it over. I mean, now, wait a minute. Stop and think about what we just said. This flooding Jordan River, guys, that was coming down in, in a, a mighty force that could have swept anything away in its path, uh, was just held off at bay until the, the land all dried up and the waters were piling up. Who knows how high they got? Because the hand of God ha was placed down there allowing His people to go on across to the place He wanted them to be. I mean, who does that? Only a great God does that. And he wanted his people to remember that the rest of their lives. And once they were gone, their children needed to have memorials that would remind them that we serve a great God and he's still great here tonight. We need to remember his power and know that he alone can do that for us even today. But he can do those things for us here today. I used to hear lots of stories as a little boy and I would read books that I could get my hands on when I was in just getting into Bible college they were stories about great revivals that happened here in America and in other places around the world I would hear about young people that would gather together and they'd gather a group of young people and and they could be heard off in a distance out in a field behind a rock I remember this one particular testimony uh, this in this case I think it was just two young men that got off together and began to pray to God that God would send a great revival to their town. And not only did God send a great revival to their town, but He sent it to their entire nation. God blessed that people because two young men got on their knees and begged that God would do something great in their town. 
And my heart would burn as I would read those stories. I'd read about preachers that would get up and would preach messages and how God would just settle in upon a congregation and great conviction would settle in upon people's hearts and you could hear people crying across the congregation and lost sinners coming to get saved and drunkards would come down the aisle and cry out for mercy for God to save them. And I would sit back and burn in my heart and say, God, sure wish it could be like that again today. But the memorials that God gives to us are not just to say to you and me tonight that God used to do some great and mighty things a long time ago. There was a day and an age when God could do super things in the lives of certain nations. Why God could come into a town where, again, the drunkards were and and the harlots and you just go up and down the row and name the numbers of things that were in that wicked town. And if you think America is too wicked for God to be able to still come down and do a great work, I disagree with you with all my heart. I don't think God intends us to just know that He was a God that was able to do things in the past. I believe God wants me to know tonight and the children that are in here tonight God wants you to know that He is still as great a God tonight as He was back in the day when He held the river back and let His children go on across the Jordan River on dry ground. Number one, I want us to understand tonight there is a command to remember the goodness of God and the power of God. If you go back in the first part of our chapter, guys, look there with me again in verse 3, if you would. Verse 3 said, and it's very clear here, And command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. First phrase in the whole verse, And command ye them. It was a command from God. Uh, God's miracles and God's mighty acts of power. I believe this tonight, guys. Every act and power of God that he did in, in the old time is still available for us here today. I don't think God needs to hold the river back for us to get across when we have bridges and cars and things that can travel around easily today. Airplanes that can get us to places we need to go, which in itself would be a miracle for those people back then. But we still have the same God with the same power to do great and mighty things in the lives of people tonight like he did back then. God's miracles and his mighty acts and his power are for every age. And God doesn't want us to forget that. If the devil can get one generation to just do this, if he can get one generation to just experience the great power of God and remember the tears and the altars filled with weeping people and a whole nation being stirred by the message of God, if he can just get one nation of people, one generation, to be willing to say, wow, God did some really great things for us, and then yawn their way into the grave and never tell their children what a great God they still have, and that that great God wants to be great in their lives so that when they grow up, and they're the ones in the pews now, and they're the ones in the prayer meetings praying that God would do great and mighty things, then they could also expect that God would do great and mighty things. If God can just have one generation of Christianity to yawn their way through the miracles of God and never pass them on down to their children, that is a dying nation 
When God's power is lifted from that nation, it's not that God still doesn't have the power. It's just that Christians bind the very hands of God. And they fail to tell our children and to let them know, the young men that sang that song tonight, and to let the others that are here tonight, let those children know God is still great tonight. And in every age you and I can ever enter into, and every generation that will come after us, God is still great and mighty and can do great and mighty things yet today. The parting of the Red Sea was amazing. I mean, anybody who saw that should have faith high as the mountains. Those who saw that flooding Jordan River dry up for hundreds of thousands of Israelites to pass over on, no doubt, were made to feel very secure and confident in that God of heaven. Guys, what about us? Now, I know what he did for them. And as a, uh, I, ever since I was just a little boy, I'd read stories like that, and I would just almost climb right into the Bible. I, I would. I mean, you know, not literally. I mean, uh, the story. I would just, I could just see that. It was almost like I was there watching the waters dry up and running over to the river and feeling the ground and seeing that it was dry and, and not wet anymore, wondering where all the fish went. You know, that's me as a little boy. I still wonder that as a man. <laughs> Where'd all the fish and everything go? Quite, quite, a, quite a thought when you really think about that. How did God do that? And what kind of a God does those kinds of things? You imagine the confidence that must have placed in them to be able to see the hand of God doing such great things. But guys, what about us tonight? Thousands of years later tonight, every time we read about God's mighty power in the Bible, we should be reminded that the same God with the same power wants me to be impressed and encouraged and challenged by that mighty power as well. And while God removed an obstacle, that great Jordan River, in a way that people would have to stand back and be able to say, only God! That should stir me just as much with the obstacles that are in my way tonight. Here's what God wants me to know. That when Philip Spencer has come upon something in his life, and he's doing everything he knows to do to be able to serve God as best he can with the knowledge that he has and the strength that he has, as Philip Spencer comes upon some Jordan River in my life, things that are so much greater than I even know what to do, you look around at all the men on earth, Nobody on this earth knows what to do about that. God wants me to know that tonight, in this day and age, in 2018, that he can still do for me tonight like he did for them way back thousands of years ago at the Jordan River. God has that same power tonight. And whatever my obstacle is tonight, it's no match for the hand of God that reaches down and holds back the waters or reaches down into your heart tonight to bless and to work and to move things in your life that you think are immovable, impossible. But that's what God wants us to remember tonight. So guys, mom and dads, don't stop telling the Bible stories. Keep telling them about Daniel and the lion's den. Tell them about the ark. Tell them about the men that came out of the fire. Tell them how great a God God was and say he's still the same God for you tonight. And watch their little eyeballs bug out and be amazed at a God like him. He's not just a God of history. He's a God in every moment that we live today. So there's a command to remember the goodness of God and and the great power of God. It's not a request. God commands us, remember my power. 
Number two, remembering generates a spirit of praise and thanksgiving. That's for sure. When I stop and remember, I mean, these guys here, they got across on the dry land. Let's, let's say a week later, uh, they're sitting around their camp. I, I don't know how much after that point Jericho comes tumbling down, but um, can you imagine them a week later sitting down there and they're just looking over at each other going, do you remember us walking across that Jordan River just a, just a little bit before? It was flooding and everything. Do you remember how the water started backing up? Oh my goodness. And just, I couldn't, if, if it wasn't me, I would have to tell you that I'd have to just stop and say, wow, God, you're such a great God to look down upon us and have that kind of love and favor for somebody like me. And you would do such great things for some little speck of dust named Philip. You would do that for my family and our nation. God, you're so good. How could you hold back from doing something like that when God does great and mighty things in our lives? Listen to Psalm 107 and verse 8. It's a familiar verse to most of us. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. You know what the next words are? For his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. Oh, that men would just learn how to stand up and say, God, you're so good. And, and, I, and I love the praise items about your daddies tonight. And we could have gone on and on if we'd have taken the time and just set everything else aside. We could have gotten a lot of praise items for what God's done in your life, through your families, and your, not just your dads, but your moms and many other great people in your life. But we ought to praise the Lord. We ought to praise Him for His wonderful works. Somebody told me one time, I remember, this has been a few years back, they came in, they sat down on, I believe it's the back row over here, and I come up and shook their hand. And they just looked up at me and they said, Pastor, Every time I come in here and sit down and look at this auditorium, I, say, I just can't believe what God's done for us. And I said, I know, I feel the same way every time I walk in this building. It's a place to come and worship God at. I mean, God is so good, isn't he? Uh, and I'll just say this, I can't sit down in my car ever without thanking God for his beautiful gift. Um, I can't put my garage door down without thinking about the guy that came over and volunteered his entire day just to put my garage door up. Say, really, preacher, do you thank God for your garage door? I do almost every time I hit the button, and it goes up and down. I really do. I remember that guy over there doing what I could have never gotten done. A year ago, I'd still be working on it. I really would. I just thank God for people that he puts into our lives. When I walk through Shopco over here on Sycamore, it's a memorial that God used that mall, that mall where Shopco is and all the stores there. It, it's a memorial that God used that mall to pay off the debt that we owed there at 622 South Sycamore so that we could buy a better building up at 101 North Sycamore. How many of you walked through that whole process with us? Let me see your hand. You were at 622 South Sycamore and we went all the way up to, <laughs> I still see Mark Lippert with our flagpole over his shoulder, him and a couple of other men, uh, with our flagpole that we had at the old building, walking up the street several blocks to get it up uh, to the next building. It's a memorial that reminds me of the might of God. Every time I look at my daughter Amber's wedding picture, I'm reminded that she was full of cancer on her wedding day. 
and that she's still strong and healthy today, I can't help but praise the Lord. He's good. And you know memorials aren't just supposed to be intended to make us melancholy, because I can get there real fast and emotional, and I can kind of even get there. But they're supposed to stir those up who weren't there to realize that we serve a great God today. Mom and dads, don't stop telling your children. I mean, they need to hear you saying, man, God's so good to us. Praise the Lord for what he's done for our family. Thank God, look, kids, look what God gave to us. Uh, even, hey, mom and dads, when little children come running up and it's, look how strong I am. I stopped saying, wow, you're pretty strong. I, I try to remember to say, look at those muscles God put on you. I try to get them to turn to the Lord and see and understand there's a God in heaven is the one that brings these things into our lives. He's deserving of our praise. So spend some time praising God. Spend some time with some memorials in your life. Do you have things set up, mom and dad, at your house when God has done some great things for your family? It could have been some miracle in sparing the life of somebody or he did something just tremendous in a, in a great need that you had. Are you just letting those drift away? I mean, pull those old picture boxes back out. You know those old Polaroids and if you go back further than that, those maybe even some of those rolls you still have in the refrigerator that you need to pull out and get developed if they'll still develop I bet you surely still has a bunch of those somewhere and just stop and remember look what god did you remember when this happened and you remember what god did for us there mom and dad your kids need to hear you praising the lord i want you also to notice every tribe was commanded to participate look in verses three and four with me again well, verses 2 through 4. Take you 12 men out of the people, out of every tribe, a man. And if you remember, I want you to take one of those stones out of the midst of the Jordan, bring it back up to where you're going to be camping here tonight, and set it up as a memorial. But guys, every tribe was commanded to participate. And the weight of that stone was placed on the shoulder of that chosen representative from each tribe, it was a picture of the weight of responsibility that we all have to remember God's mighty acts in our lives. Those 12 men were, listen to me, they were representative men. In other words, they represented every man in their tribe. And it was a picture that all of the men in every tribe had a responsibility, a weight, if, you could, uh, uh, if we could say that, the weight of that stone was to remind them the weight of responsibility that they had. And as they carried it up and laid it down in those, I don't know how they stood it up, I don't know if they stacked them in a certain way or whatever, obviously 12 stones got stacked up high enough for others to remember, but what we're supposed to understand tonight is that this was a command that was to come for every one of those people in that tribe. Now, I would just say this tonight. I don't know if you're sitting here tonight listening and saying, yeah, man, preacher, it's good to hear you tell some of those stories and what God's done for our church and maybe for your family. But guys, it's not just for me. It's for you. It's for your family. Every one of us here tonight have a responsibility to praise the Lord for his goodness. The, listen, the minute you stop is the minute we go so discouraged and so depressed like God just died almost. You'd never say that out loud, but it's the way you feel inside. 
So start praising God again. It's a command for every one of us, even here tonight, to stop and praise the Lord like we did at the beginning of the service. When you get an opportunity, be reminded of things God has done for you and be one of the first ones to get your hand up. It's all right if we have 50 hands go up. When I think of our little fledgling country, United States, and three boatloads of pilgrims landing in America with many of them dying throughout that year, if you remember the history of us, and I see where the United States of America is today, I have to stop and say, man, what a great God we serve. Well, preacher, we're not, we're not the most godly nation. Well, I understand that. We still have a great God. We still have a group of people that loves the Lord and wants to take a stand for God, and we ought to praise God. Every one of us ought to praise God for our nation here tonight. None of us should ever forget what God has done for our country. We should never be content when the history book authors remove large portions of our history from the books. You hear me tonight? They want to remove our history out of the books. They want to take the name of God out of our books. They don't want our nation to be reminded that we were built on godly principles. But God help us to stand on those principles yet tonight. Those memorials that remind us what a great God we have to bring our nation to where it is tonight. Every one of us ought to stand and say, praise God for where our nation is tonight. For the nation that I've been allowed to be born and raised in to come to know a great God like Him. When I remember what God's done for Eastside Baptist Church, I just have to stop and praise the Lord. The salvations that have taken place over the years, whether in a service or in the ministries that we have, the lives that have been changed, the families that have been spared, the children that have been taught, songs that have been blessed and stirred our hearts, all of them should drive every one of us to praise the Lord. And I'll just say lastly tonight, when we don't remember God's great power, you know what happens? When you get that generation that, oh, they had great things, it wasn't, a, it wasn't the matter that uh, God, you know, was absent in that generation. It's just that that generation failed to pass it on. That generation failed to impress the, chil- the heart of their children that that great God is still a great God for you and that you need to live for that great God. When you have that generation, when we don't remember God's great power, later generations begin to elevate the power of men instead of the power of God. You can go from where we are here, and would you flip over to Psalm 78 with me? Psalm 78. Psalm 78, look first of all in verse 11 with me if you will. Psalm 78 and verse 11. And notice what the verse says here. Verse 11 says, and forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. See what Israel did? They forgot the works of God and and his wonders that he had showed them. Look at another one there, verse 42, drop down. In verse 42, verse 41, I think, deserves to be attached to that. Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not His hand, nor the day when He delivered them from the enemy. 
You know, Israel, they had God as their president, if I can put it that way. They didn't have a king back in the day. God led them. God would speak to his man, his man would speak to his people, and without a doubt, God Almighty was the leader of that nation. And then the time came when they came to uh, um, the prophet of God and said, we want a king over us. Broke his heart. And he went to God, and God said, "They're they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. Go ahead and set up a king. And you know what happened to them with those kings that were set up. Saul was a travesty. David was a man after God's own heart. And if only every other king after him could have been like him. We had several other very good ones, and they they were examples for us. But largely, you know what I'm saying here tonight. When Israel forgot that God was their leader and that God was all they needed, and they chose to put a man in front of them and let a man sit on a throne and feel like we have a king like everybody else, that was the downfall of that nation. It wasn't that many years that Israel was now carried off into uh, Babylonian captivity. When you have a nation that decides that God's, yeah, God's someone that we invoke uh, when our nation is in trouble and we say, uh, you know, may God be with you and we'll be praying for you and we'll hear that on the nightly news when our nation's in trouble. But that's the only time we ever hear that. When, when we reach a place in our nation where God is just some abstract being out there and whatever you want to make him out to be, he can be anything to you. He can just be your higher power. If you guys want to call him, okay, Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. If you want to do that, go ahead. You kind of get that feeling. But if it's Allah and if it's anything else, yeah, you, you can have your God. When you reduce God down to just anything else on this earth, guys, All we have left to do is to elevate some man and pray that some man can be some superhero for us and think that he is the savior of our nation, so to speak. God forgive us. When we, as the people in churches like this, fail to take the memorials that are in our lives and and the things that we can look back on that God has done tremendously for us. Number one, the day of your salvation. Number two, go on down the line and list some of the things that God has done in your life. And when you choose to go to sleep with those and never pass those on down to your children and let your children know God is a great God still yet tonight, then that nation, all they have left to do is to look to some man And hope that some man is great and mighty in our life. Our children will begin to look up to, I'll just call them idols. They'll look up to rock stars. They'll look up to people that are great singers or actors or the great names or some sports figures now. Instead of them understanding God is God in my life and he's the greatest force that I have. What are some of the memorials in your life that God has done for you? If you could just stop and think about that. What are those moments when he showed you that only God could have done what was done in my family's life? Only God could have done what was taking place in the heart of my child or in this circumstance or at this time in my life. Stop and think about those things and let your children know about them. Before you go to bed tonight, tell them some stories about some things you've seen happen in the lives of your family or your children or in our nation. Stories about how God miraculously delivered our nation and they're out there, numbers of them. Maybe we just need to come to the Lord tonight and just say, God, I need to see your hand once again. I know you're still that great God. 
And I know you can still do great and mighty things. But God, give me some more memorials tonight. I I need to see that hand of God working in my heart and in my life here tonight. Or you just want to come and say, God, thank you for what you've done for me in, uh, in my life. Maybe God help me to remember to spread this testimony onto my children and to not let this die just with me. God help us to set up memorials that will remind our children what a great God we still serve. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.